body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. Reiner Dosevich joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. The regular season is over, but for Michigan State and for the first time in a while, this postseason is going to be very, very interesting. So, gentlemen, let's jump into it. But before we do, how you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, just kind of uh, taking in the NHL trade deadline, watching Ooh-wee. just the entirety of the St. Louis Blues organization collapse right now. Uh, it's kind of beautiful, honestly, in a, in a, in a way. How can you say that as a Blues fan? Uh, <laughs> How can I mean, you say it's beautiful? I mean, you know, when you, you look back at it and you see, oh, they're getting all of these first-round picks. Um, they got, you know, Vegas's first-round pick from, I think, two years ago now. Um, who's going to be in the league next year. Yeah, but um, you're going to be like 35 by the next time they're competing for a cup. No, no, no. Rebuilds rebuilds take a long time, unfortunately. As you're, a Wings fan, you, it feels like ages since we've touched the playoffs. Yeah, but you're also a Wings fan. Um, what is that supposed to mean? I really don't know. Should I come across the table and fight you right now? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Should no, I be the, happy the, about that? The Blues already have some good young, like have multiple good like young pieces in place. They just you know they need a lot more. They do. They but, do. This, but, this Blues trade deadline has been out with the old and in with the new. Oh, easily. I mean, yeah, you're getting rid of O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Barbashev. I'm hearing Colton Pareko in rumors now. Um, Tory Krug has been tossed around here and there. Yeah. Uh, no, you're getting everybody. No one is safe. No. <laughs> I, the only person I haven't, I mean, I, like, I was like, Thomas, Cairo, Biddington are like the three I've seen that are like pretty much safe. This just in teams are looking at the peanut salesman guy for St. Louis, too. <laughs> this, this just in Louie <laughs> trades teams. <laughs> can, can, can the Blues just trade their whole team to another area? Like, is that Honestly, a thing? <laughs> uh, it's called moving. If it gets them one step no, closer. No, no, no. They need to trade it away. They can't just move because Blues don't know how to do that. They got to trade. I will gladly trade Louie if it leads to Connor Bedard. I feel like you'd do anything if it leads to Connor Bedard. Not- Let's try to test that. To- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, wait. What, what's that supposed to mean? Uh, anyway, Phillips, how you doing? <laughs> on the, I'm on the other side of the NHL spectrum. I'm not really concerned a whole lot with the uh, trade deadline because the Carolina Hurricanes don't need a whole lot. They just and, got uh, Ghost Despair, though. Yeah, and to fill a very much needed power play gap. But, I mean, they've been winning regardless of a poor power play performance. So, uh, And speaking of Hurricanes, I've got Canes after dark tonight at 10 p.m. So, Oh, who they got? Vegas. Okay. That's yeah. a that's a banger of a game right there. Last time I watched Canes after dark, it hurt me to watch them lose to Anaheim in overtime. Ooh. It was past midnight. I had stayed up to the next day watching on my computer just to see them lose to the Ducks. Uh don't worry. I stayed up and watched a Wings game lose lose to the Ducks in overtime to at you know, at the Ducks place. So that, that, that's that the hurt. story of Anaheim. I feel you there. I feel you there. But that's enough of our uh Mumbo jumbo NHL talk. NHL is very interesting. Maybe maybe at the end of the pod we'll do some more because there's been some crazy stuff. But MSU hockey podcast. Like I said, regular season is over. Michigan State finishes tie. Well, not tied for fifth. Technically tied for fifth, but they win the tiebreaker over Penn State. They finish 16, 16 and two. So pretty pretty good season overall, given what Michigan State has been in the past uh, past recent stretch of years. We'll say that, but. uh Taking a look at the Big Ten as a whole, 
It is finally over. It's said and done. The dust has settled. Minnesota obviously checking in at number one. Number two, Michigan with 38 points. Ohio State number three with 36. Notre Dame number four uh, with 35. Michigan State with 34 at fifth. And then Penn State at 34 with six or in sixth place. And then Wisconsin rounding that out with 18 points for seventh. So that's that's the Big Ten as a whole. And for Michigan State, they finished fifth. That's that's definitely a positive on where the team's been. It's their best finish, surprisingly enough, in the Big Ten since 2015-2016 when they also placed fifth, but that was when there were six teams. Notre Dame wasn't part of the Big Ten then. And they did go 10-23-4 that season, so it's not really like a good comparable to go back to. But still, for Michigan State, good, good to be pseudo 500 i don't really count 16 16 and 2 as 500 but i know metrics kind of do so whatevs but it's a good much better season definitely a lot better than a lot of people were expecting that's for sure yeah i mean honestly i mean it's overall i mean you i think we were talking about this before uh i think beginning of the year we were trying to predict i think we all kind of predicted them to go around like close to what 500 ish but by, by next pod, we might we'll try to go back into the podcast early season and pull those actual records for you guys because I, I want to see how close you were. Yeah, yeah. I think because I think we did that. Um, but yeah, I think what I didn't take into account though, with making those predictions, was how stacked like the Big Ten would be top to bottom. Like we knew Minnesota was going to be good. We knew Michigan was going to be good. We didn't really know that like Penn State or you know Ohio State to an extent. Penn State, uh, yeah, we definitely thought it was going to be down. Ohio State, meh. Like uh, I remember because I did my, I did my own rankings whatever preseason. I had Penn State. I think actually I was right on. It. I think I had them finishing sixth. Uh, I, I know. I I'm almost State positive. Seven. I had this right. I think I actually. That's what we needed. Oh, we'll, I think we'll I actually predicted spot. the Big Ten order correct. If I'm if I'm correct. If we can find that, if I can go back in the we will and find that. We'll definitely need to. But oh, I'm not doing that tonight. Fine. That's I would definitely do it tonight. But I'm not doing it tonight. Fine. Uh, next next week we'll have all these. But ready I'm for almost sure. positive I had like the exact order correct too. I might. Oh wait, no. I think I was higher. Never mind. I think I had Ohio State lower and like Notre Dame higher. I just know I put. Notre Dame first, and that was a big mistake. I was bold with it, but big mistake for me. I think I had Notre Dame at three and Ohio State at four, but nevertheless. Um, yeah, still. Um, the fact that MSU was able to compete in such just like a loaded conference as a whole, I would argue the most loaded conference in all of college hockey, um, is just is pretty insane as a whole. I think with a team that, keep in mind, at the beginning of the year was effectively transfer portal scraps yeah, and picked freshmen. last in the big 10 yeah and freshmen and people that didn't do much last year yep first year coaching staff everybody already overlooked them for the season you know picked last and then the, i mean heck michigan state with two weeks left in the season could have even gotten in that second big 10 spot mm-hmm. like that's that's something that you haven't said with two weeks of the season to go since like 2013 yeah. 2013 they're only four, 14 season they're only four points out from or four points behind michigan in the overall standings yeah Michigan second place thirty eight, Michigan State fifth place thirty four. Like it was, it was close as can be for sure. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Big Ten standings, and you, except for a few uh, instances, I would say that any one team, at least there have been circumstances where they could beat any other team in the Big Ten, and that even goes for Wisconsin. Somehow, the Kohl Center is evil. Um, you know, I, I would say Michigan State's kryptonite for sure is minnesota uh 
Yeah. Any but, any Big Ten team's kryptonite, too. Except for Wisconsin. Somehow, well, I, I guess Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State uh, beat Minnesota. I don't think Notre Dame did. Um, if, if someone wants to double-check me on that. but I'm going for um, it, yeah. But almost any team in the Big Ten could be any other team. And almost 100%. It's happened, so. And, and these are good teams, too. These are first-round picks, second-round picks. The only Big Ten team that Minnesota did not lose to, Michigan State. That's the only one. Or Notre Dame got a shootout loss against Notre Dame. Or Minnesota got a shootout loss against Notre Dame. My bad. But yeah. And that comes down to Ryan Bitchell, which I guess we can get into a little bit later. But uh, That's kind of surprising. But yeah, I mean, it's just a good conference. I mean, talk about a lot of players to look forward to in the NHL. <laughs> I say that right over this. Yeah. I was like, I, I know we're talking about Minnesota. Kind of up. I know we're talking about Minnesota, and because he's looking at me, I've got a Blues tumbler next to my. Uh, holding on here, talking about Jimmy Snuggerud and whatever else. But I mean, he's not wrong. You've got you got future NHL talent out the wazoo, uh, like not just Snuggerud, but Cooley and Nyes and Faber, Lacombe. Uh, no, we got also that's just on one team too. You're not even talking about Michigan. I think every team, I mean, every team except MSU and Notre Dame, I think, really have like first round draft picks on that roster, or guys that will be drafted in the first round at least this year. Yeah, there's something. I that... think that's right. Maybe Ohio State doesn't have a first rounder. I have to check on that. Yeah, but. No, but like, because I mean, you've got, you know, like your Snuggers and your Kulus on Minnesota. I think Notre Dame Hetley has at least one. I have to check that. Um, MSU does not, but Michigan has Hughes and Nazar and Fantilli and everybody. <laughs> Keep, go, just go down half their roster pretty much, yeah. Wisconsin's got a few, and somehow they're still bad. Um, I don't know. Maybe, oh, Penn State. I forgot about Penn State. They don't really have one, but you get the point still. Yeah, a lot of talent. And Minnesota, for me, I just want to put this out there. If they, I've been saying this since around the break, if they don't make a Frozen Four with this roster and the year they've had so far, I think it's a bust of a season. Minnesota is poised for a deep run. And uh, I mean, hey, it all starts with the Big Ten Tournament, which is happening this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, the Big Ten Tournament kicks off this Friday. All seven teams in the Big Ten are automatically into the tournament. The number one seed Minnesota, spoiler alert, not spoiler, everybody already knew that. They take the number one seed, so they get a first week bye. So it is going to be the two-seeded through seventh-seeded teams duking it out against each other. Uh, The two-seed, Michigan, is taking on Wisconsin. All games, obviously, at the lower-seed venue, so Michigan hosting that whole series. And then the three-to-six matchup, it's going to be Ohio State hosting Penn State. And then this one we'll talk about a little bit, or a lot at length, obviously. Number four, who Notre Dame barely slipped into that spot, but they did. They got the fourth spot, so they host MSU in the fifth seed for a best of three series this weekend. It was kind of funny you were saying that, too, of like how just how barely Notre Dame got over them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, it was funny because at Media Veil, buddy, yesterday, uh, there some of the guys were talking about, like, well, I think 
Jagger said it, but it was like, you know, they had to spend the last week of fans. It was like, oh, it was kind of hard for a bit rooting for Michigan to win that game. Um, yeah, he admitted to actually rooting. polling for Michigan. I'm like, wow, that's that's something I want to say on the podium. But then well, he also favorite, defended it. Too. My favorite part was uh, of that someone asked kind of that same question to Nightingale, <laughs> and it was just no, just immediate, yeah, like immediate. Like, no, I think we didn't even let him finish the sentence. Was like no. Yeah, that's that's the first time Nightingale's ever had a one word answer for anything, and it was no straight face. And then everybody in the room just started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Because no, the person asking the question too kind of knew the answer already, but she was bold to ask it. And well, I don't even know if her, he, but... I don't know if they necessarily knew the answer, but like, no, it was a, it was kind of funny. She, she was kind of laughing when she asked it, she, so she kind of knew. But yeah, when Nightingale just said no, and the whole, <laughs> and it was just silent, and then the whole room just started laughing. It was pretty funny. Oh yeah, but yeah, Jagger Joshua was saying that he was kind of pulling for Michigan, but I actually I tweet out the quote because I was I was like kind of intrigued by it. If I could find it right quick. Um, so when Jagger Joshua was asked about, you know, how he was watching the Michigan Notre Dame Saturday game, which determined the seating for Michigan state, uh, he said, I definitely, it definitely wasn't the best feeling rooting for Michigan. That's not something I enjoy. So I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a player that literally has played in this rivalry for four years now and coming off of a, a sore, uh, you know, tough two games against Michigan before, uh, yeah, not not expected. Yeah, I didn't expect it at all. But he still defended his, you know, take and was like, "Yeah, I didn't like it at all." <laughs> there, there were a lot of Michigan State fans saying uh, they're not rooting for Michigan; they were rooting for home ice advantage. Yes. No. Well, they were rooting for Notre Dame to lose. Well, yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. I don't know how much you guys know of Star Wars. You know, I don't need them to win. I just need Notre Dame to lose. They said that in Star Wars. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, obviously you played it, Notre Dame. In yeah, there. If, if, you, if you know if you know the line, you know what I'm talking about. So for some context on the situation we're talking about, last weekend the Big Ten literally five team standings came down to one game. That one game was an APM game between Michigan and Notre Dame. If Michigan won it in regulation, MSU would have gotten the fourth seed, would have hosted against whoever slipped into the fifth seed. If Michigan won in overtime, I forget the exact scenario, but that oh, didn't the, didn't bode well for tie, MSU. Oh, the tiebreaker. Oh, like if every team tied for in a three way tie, then Notre Dame would that would have been have if M, or if U of M won in overtime, that would have been the three way tie. It, it still yeah. would have been three way tie. Which yeah. in you, that you needed, case, you needed uh, Michigan to win in regulation that game. Yeah, and then if if. Uh, or if Notre Dame wins in overtime or regulation, or if they Notre would Dame just skip. went to overtime, they would have. Yeah. yeah, and and that's what happened last Saturday. Notre Dame, I, actually, I should say Ryan Bischel willed that team to overtime. I think Bischel had 48 saves on 49 shots, something very similar to that. He was absolutely insane, and because of that, got the extra point or got one point going to overtime and got the extra point of the overtime win. That's how Notre Dame slipped in that fourth seed and bumped Michigan State down to fifth. Everybody... That was a super big college hockey fan seeing if MSU would get home ice was watching that game. And, yeah, there was a lot of people that had to comment on that for sure. Oh, no. You want to see the best part of this game? Um, so all the scoring was done in the third period in overtime, right? Um, so Notre Dame kind of s- scored a little bit early, and then Michigan got one, like, almost exactly halfway through. Guess what the um, shot totals for each of those teams were in that third period game where Bishop made 49 saves? 
or 40, 48 saves on oh, he made 48. I, I'm, I'm not okay, going to no. guess because I'm looking at the numbers. So I'll, I'll be fair. I'll let okay. Ryan guess. I, I just looked at it too. Dang it. But yeah, that third period was okay, for the, all Michigan. For those of you that aren't looking at the numbers, <laughs> uh, Michigan outshot Notre Dame in that third period on Saturday, 27 to 6. I don't think I've seen a goalie stand that much on his head for one period ever. I don't ever. think I've seen that and many I've, shots in a period. I've seen Drew DeRitter in the dark days of MSU. I've seen Dylan St. Cyr when his defense has let him out to dry. What Ryan Bischel did in that third period against Michigan, 26 out of 27 saves to get them to overtime because Michigan, in the, in the last seven minutes, they were just pounding Mich- or Notre Dame on the offense. They, they were relentless, just putting shots on net and... Yeah, credit to Bischel for getting them to overtime and then Notre Dame eventually winning in overtime. You know, that didn't matter for home ice at that point because, you know, they went to overtime originally. But it was just like, wow, Bischel, Bischel can be that guy when he wants to be that guy. You know what's also funny um, for the last weekend? Uh, Big Ten three stars of the week. Uh, Bischel didn't even make it, wasn't wow. even a star at all. And game one, he didn't do bad either. Who, who were the stars? Uh, no, first star was Notre Dame, Drew Bavaro. Okay. Uh, then two and three are both Minnesota. So Mike, Mike Kester and Justin Close. R- real quick, Drew Bavaro is the player on Notre Dame that scored both goals from that second game. So I can see why okay, he, he had he made four it. points on the weekend. Yeah, it was the the power goals, play goal in the third period, and then the goal in overtime to win it. So I can see I can see Drew Bavaro being being up. There. Yeah, who got the third? Justin Close. Okay. I mean, who'd they verse again? Ohio, Ohio State. 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 Yeah, I, I they, didn't pay too close attention. It, to it was that. not the series Pun of the intended. weekend. It was no. It was not the series of the weekend. One thing about that Notre Dame game, I think that I don't know how much it really changed the result because game one it didn't seem to have that much of a positive impact for Michigan either. Um, but Adam Fantilli was ejected from game two after contact the head penalty. So, and that was in the first period, so I don't quite know if it would have made any difference in the third, but having, you know, one of the top draft picks I think the, out, the nation's leading scorer. I, yeah. I think if he's in one of those, or another one of those 27 shots, are just inches better upper net, you know, in between the, the glove and the leg, the pad and the, or the blocker and the leg, I think one of those does slip in if he's in. Yeah, and, and, and that's really the thing is, Normally it's um it, you you know you never know but it's Adam Fantilli he really could have been a difference maker in the third period and Michigan will never know because he left the game in the actually very late first period I think there were almost thirty like a little over thirty seconds left on the clock when he left the game if I'm reading that timestamp correctly I'm just looking at this now sorry uh, Fantilli too still had leads the um, country in points. And he's played like, or he's missed like five games or whatever. He's missed five games. He's been ejected from multiple games. Like yeah, he's, st- he's still doing that. His lead is uh, his lead is kind of uh, going away. But the weird part about this: three of the top five are all freshmen in the Big Ten and leading point getters. For I mean, freshmen, freshmen in college hockey kind of run college hockey. Not in the way. Not not, not in the way they do in like other sports. No, but they got that. They got that. Uh, That's just be- this. I'd say this year's. This year's, this year's a lot freshman, higher. Sure. Yeah. But like, that's because the freshmen we're talking about are a top 
Multiple, top uh, NHL it's, picks. It's a third overall pick. Uh, a dude that's probably going second, and then also Snuggerud. Yeah, most most top NHL picks at least spend a year at college now. That's, oh yeah, that's kind of. I think yeah, no, I th- that's kind of how they go. Some so freshmen my... make or break your team. And I mean, hey, with MSU, yeah. there's two freshmen that were pretty make or break this year. True, that'll be a segue. Later. A couple, a couple freshmen, I'll add, but we'll get there. Yeah, again, that's that's for later. Yeah. So speaking of for later, we'll get to that yeah. eventually. But on the clock for the Big Ten tournament, the quarterfinal, the opening round, it's number four Notre Dame hosting number five Michigan State. Let's talk about it. Michigan State looking for their first Big Ten tournament win since the Big was created, Big Ten hockey was created, I should say, in 2013-2014. They have not won a single Big Ten tournament game. They've came close. They haven't. They've been swept. And this is first year under Adam Nightingale and co. And I think that I think that streak is going to break. I am very comfortable in saying that Michigan State's getting at least one against Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is also yeah a completely different team um, as far as systems and things like that. I think now there's, it's just like kind of the, the way this team plays is it's able to make them more competitive than like the teams in years past that just did, couldn't win games because, um, you know, like the teams of MSU's past where it was just teams trying to win every game one nothing by you know playing a very defense heavy game and kind of not knowing what to do on offense um yeah i mean it's just it's kind of a mix of things but this is a, a clearly a different team and you know this matchup also bodes a lot better than for example last year where they faced michigan in the first round and you had the you know dream team four of the top five picks yada 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 you know, oh, that that two to seven matchup last year, Michigan versus Michigan State, the opening round Big Ten tournament was not was Oof. not good. Yeah, most most MSU fans kind of wanted the season to uh to come to a close once once MSU got paired against Michigan. Oh, yeah. Well, I had I mean yeah. Well, were you there for those games? Did you yeah. come along? Yeah, I was okay. there. Yeah, I I don't know. I just remember. Oh yeah, you were broadcasting. I I remember this because that second game because. It was it was funny because I remember this last year. I was like right about to go on spring break, um, and so I had like a hotel in Ann Arbor, so I could just go to the airport in Detroit the next morning and fly out. Um, was watching that because the game night was right before was like an eight nothing blowout. Like after the second period, yeah, it was um, yeah eight nothing pretty much after. Yeah, yeah. it was eight nothing after was, the second that first period. Game was rough. Oh no, it was horrendous. Um, and I was just like, I wrote an article after that, like in the Detroit airport, um, of just saying like, yeah, I don't really even know where else I, the, the article itself was like a, I just did like a little kind of breakdown of like what happened in each goal or whatever. And like who, who messed up, who's to blame here, which I don't know why you tortured yourself like that, but it was something you did. to do. <laughs> um, but Still, I kind of ended it like I don't even know what to say with this. Like some of these are just horrendous. Some of these are just bad plays, basically. And it was like this team just looks lost. I don't know what where. There's a lot of answers here. There's a lot of things that need to be done for something like this to become competitive. And somehow it all happened. <laughs> something was done. Uh, Danton Cole and his whole entire coaching staff went bye bye. They just and disappeared. Also, a good chunk of that team. Yes, which. 
for better or for worse, I'd say my opinion for better because I would say better. look at the results. I mean, yeah, numbers don't lie. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, I wasn't I wasn't covering this team last year, so I I can't really compare. But I mean, just looking at Michigan State's performance this season, there are a few outliers, a few outlying series where Michigan State was clearly outclassed. It doesn't happen often. It really doesn't. And I mean, even with the two Michigan games that, you know, Michigan State now only takes one game against Michigan on the season, they still played it relatively close. Like, it was still played well, especially the duel in the D was played really well. Michigan State played well against Notre Dame. Penn State, when they hosted Ohio State, they played well. Uh, going to Columbus, I would argue, is one of the outliers. And then Minnesota is just above everyone. But this postseason is very exciting for the Big Ten and Michigan State in general because it's just there's very few games that just aren't interesting. Michigan State has a serious opportunity not just to win one playoff game. They've got an opportunity to win multiple. And something that we'll get into in just a short amount of time, MSU still has a chance to make the NCAA tournament. I I don't know why I'm bringing this up now when we'll talk about it after we actually, you know what? I also just posted the the updated version of the uh, little bracket I've been doing on my Twitter um, as well, just with um, like, you know, just updates with pairwise and, you know, some other things with it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, shoot, this is this is relevant in the conversation we're having right now because right now Michigan State, uh, thanks to I think playoffstatus.com, so I think that's the website Probably. we've been using, something yeah. like that. If you need to know it specifically, if that one isn't it, just at me on Twitter and I'll, I'll it's, find it's it. It's the right one, and that's if it's what you're talking about, I, yeah, then yeah. So according to that, Michigan State right now has a 17 percent chance to make the NCAA tournament. If you look at pairwise, which pairwise is the sole determinant factor for the NCAA tournament. You have to get into usually the top 16 seeds because Alaska's in right now. They're taking one of those automatically out. And because the Atlantic does not have a top 15 team, then they also take an auto bid kind of like one of those top 16. Yeah. To try to explain and make it easy for you. So it's basically the top 14 teams get in off placement. MSU right now, number 19, but if you look at it, if Michigan State beats Notre Dame, they could beat them 2-1, to one, but that's two wins over a number 14 team in the pairwise. They're technically in the tournament right now, Notre Dame. And if you go, obviously beating Notre Dame, you move on to the second round of the Big Ten tournament. You face most likely Minnesota. It could be Michigan. Penn State could upset Ohio State, and then Penn State would be reseeded against Minnesota. So we'll say most likely Minnesota, but could be Michigan. Not even mentioning Wisconsin here. Wisconsin's not beating Michigan. <laughs> but um, but then either if it's Michigan or Minnesota, that's Minnesota number one in the pairwise and Michigan number four or five in the pairwise. I forget exactly where they're at right now. Number four in the pairwise. If Michigan State does that, they're in the tournament. A good weekend beating Notre Dame number 14 the pairwise, and then going on and winning a best-of-one against most likely Minnesota, either Michigan, they're getting into the tournament. There's a clear path. 
into I, the tournament. I could see them actually knocking off Michigan. Minnesota is a different Minnesota. Different story. Oh, if they match up against Minnesota, that's why, fingers crossed, if you're a Michigan State fan, you are rooting you for Penn State to upset Ohio State this weekend 100%. So Penn State gets reseeded and matches up against Minnesota. It's possible, too. It is very possible. They split on the series or regular series, regular season series. Jesus, I can't talk today. Two to two. So anything could happen in that series, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, Ohio State and Penn State played each other first round of the playoffs last year, and um, what Penn State won in three. Mm. That was an interesting series. I remember that. I remember. I don't remember the seeding. What was the seeding? Was that the four five? I think that was the three six. That was okay. I think it was three six again. Yeah, because uh, right. Yeah, because uh, Penn State was like Penn State the, surprised Ohio State. Yeah. yeah, Penn State was the one team where they were like fighting with MSU for the bottom of the standings, I think, that year. I don't know. We'll go back there eventually. I think. I think. So, yeah, with with this series ahead of MSU, there is a clear route to get into the NCAA tournament, something that they haven't been in since the 2012-2013 season. So if you're an MSU fan, fingers crossed that, you know, Penn State beats Ohio State, gets reseeded against Minnesota, and a rematch between Michigan and Michigan State, best of one in the corner finals, would be absolutely amazing. That will be at Yost, though. That will be at Yost, but either way, that matchup, like, you, if you're a college hockey fan, no matter where you are, you want to get some eyes on that game, 100%. Mm-hmm. That I, would be I think crazy. in that instance, it would be the rare case that Michigan State fans would actually travel really well to Yost. I mean, because it's probably the most that Michigan State hockey has had on the line since... I mean, I can't even begin to yeah, 12, imagine. 12, 2013. Is, I was going to say, this is in our time here at least, it's definitely not. Oh, been. yeah, in our no, yeah, short no. tenure. This is probably the closest Michigan State has been to, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to be too bold, but like Cold War performance. Like the closest they've been to Cold War performance since, you know, since then, like especially in our time. Just I What mean, I'm getting at is, is it's really weird seeing this team perform at the level that they can. Yeah, I mean, this team hasn't had like a has had like one winning season in the past decade. Yeah, um, which is, and even then, that was one game over five hundred. Yeah, what seventeen sixteen or seventeen fifteen two? I was looking something. at a uh, fourteen fifteen. They were seventeen sixteen and two. Yep. Yeah, but they're pretty much back there, and it's the first year Adam Nightingale. So we'll wrap up the uh, the MSU versus Notre Dame preview. Looking at all the matchups they've had this year. Uh, they faced off the first season of the, uh, or Jesus Christ, I really can't talk tonight. First weekend of Big Ten matchups, they squared off. Notre Dame took the first game 5-0, kind of a wake-up call for Michigan State, but they responded game two, got a 1-1 to shootout win. Hate saying that, but whatevs. And then they faced, they had like the, the biggest gap of any Big Two teams facing each other in the season uh, to basically end the season, not to basically, but end the season at home. They swept Notre Dame for the first time since 2006, a 3-0 victory, Dylan St. Cyr shutout, and a 3-2 victory to round out that sweep. So that's how they face off in the regular season. So technically uh, technically split, even though give an extra point to Notre Dame because they got to overtime in one of them. But either way, it's, it's a regular season split. Or no, not a regular season split. Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, MSU got two three. Yeah. Three out of the four wins, if you count the shootout win. So, my bad. Not a season split at all. So, Michigan State taking the season edge over Notre Dame. That's definitely something that 
you know, Michigan State maybe looking at the matchup goes like, oh, okay, Notre Dame, we did good against them except for that one game. But um, I guess we'll move on to the the blank wins if here. Michigan State will win in a best of three series and move on to face whoever if they do what Jacob Stenson. Uh, this is kind of tough, honestly. Um, I mean, I think honestly for me, it the whole game plan kind of hinges uh, about around just how well um, like Michigan State's offense does a good job of getting like to the inside, so to speak. Um, and like trying to, you know, you're gonna, it's going to be a big game for guys like Jagger um, and like some of the guys really trying to work the puck to the inside because Notre Dame has some solid defensemen like uh, Lieberman, uh, Bavaro, uh, guys like that. And they've got Bischel in goal. So I think if you're going to try and pull the Michigan strategy of just beat everybody with like with just wrist shots and stuff um and like just try and snipe it bar down from a from a distance i don't that's not going to work um but where michigan state's had success in the past is you know getting to the inside uh a lot of the guys in media availability were talking about really trying to take away his eyes um and because you know he can't stop what he can't see um you know things like that so i think if they can really just kind of execute that in the sense of just getting to the inside, play physical, and just try and take away Bischel in his eyes and get some good low, high percentage looks, I think that'd be set. The way Bischel's been playing lately, he may be able to make those saves if he can't see them, even oh. though that's more of a saying than an actual thing in hockey because, you know, well, you goalies are screen all the time well, and make saves. to be fair, but... like, the shot totals are kind of inflated in that game, I think, a little bit just because of the way Michigan plays. It's kind of in the similar way as a team like Penn State or anybody else where it's like they do tend to force a lot of outside stuff um, just to put things on net, uh, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's if you're a goalie like Bischel... Rebound control matters. Yes, and Bischel, has, Bischel has good rebound control. Um, so you're going to want to try and you know get your looks in more tight and go you know, for like deflections and the... The more high percentage looks like that. The dirty goals are maybe the, the one dirty well, goal could go a long way in this series. It, 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 in basketball terms, it's uh, uh, you go for the layups rather than the threes, so to speak. So uh, interesting to see. We'll see if it pays off for MSU. Phillips, who you got, or what you got, I should say. So I agree that Michigan State definitely needs to basically use Jagger the most they have ever used him and just playing in front and blocking Bischel's eyes and screening him and overall just playing right in front of him. But I kind of see that more as an inevitability. It more just seems to happen. It eventually happens in a Michigan State game. I think the more important thing for them to work on in order to actually win this is defense. They cannot let Dylan St. Cyr hang out to dry. They need to give him backup when they go on the on defensive. It's just too many times there have been shots, I mean, even in the Wisconsin series, where it could have been stopped had Dylan St. Cyr had at least one defenseman there to help him and try and break up some passes because he's really athletic. He's really good. But Dylan St. Cyr cannot stop every puck put his way. No goalie can. And, you know, credit to defenses like Notre Dame and even Michigan. I mean, when you talk about Eric Portillo... I think Ryan Bischel really 
outclassed him in that series. And it it really showed how much Portillo does depend on Michigan's defense. And if Michigan State can just give Dylan St. Cyr extra help, I think it definitely means the difference between a one-goal win for Notre Dame and a one-goal win for Michigan State. Yeah, these series are always extremely close. I mean, it take the, I guess you could call it, outlier of this season with a 5-0 victory for Notre Dame and a 3-0 victory for Michigan State and Michigan State actually sweeping them for once. It's it's going to be a close, close series. I will be surprised if any of these games have a more than two-goal gap when it's all said and done. I think it's going to three. I think it's going to be extremely close. But for me, Michigan State wins if they score first. If you look at every single game in this series in the regular season, whichever team scored first won the game. And be and you know pulling back on what I was just saying a minute ago, these games are always close. Every single goal matters. If Michigan State scores first and plays their game, sure, it's probably going to be tied up 1-1. Sure, it's probably going to go tied up 2-2. But I think at the end of it, that first goal will go a long way and Michigan State will be able to turn that into some dubs. So, for the other side, for Notre Dame, the Irish, what did they have to do to pick up some dubs? I think the obvious answer is going to be that you need a Ryan Bischel masterclass again. Um... Because I think this team goes as Bischel does. Like, if Bischel has an average game, I don't think they're winning. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, or even like a, yeah, an average game, I think, kind of by Bischel standards, really, is kind of like how he played it against MSU. Yeah. Or at MSU, at least. Um, It wasn't bad at all. He's didn't, he didn't lose them that game. But he didn't win them it either, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, Like, he, yeah. Bishop puts up solid numbers like he did against Michigan State. I think I think MSU has the talent to get enough by him um, and kind of hamper the um, the Notre Dame offense enough to outscore them and win. But I don't think that... Um, yeah, I, I don't think if, or I, I think if Bischel has his, you know, otherworldly games like he has been recently, we didn't even talk about the Ohio State game. Like the one where they were, the second game where Ohio State won in a shootout uh, okay, uh, at, or it was in Notre Dame, but Bischel uh, oh, stopped, how many is this? 50 of 52. Yeah. In a and Notre Dame won in a nine round shootout. Yeah, Bischel willed this way, willed this team to hosting the first round of the yes, Big Ten. Exactly. Tournament. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I forgot. Also, uh same the game before that too, thirty seven of thirty eight. Um and then thirty two of thirty five. The first one against Michigan. I feel like now might be a good a good time to point out that Ryan Bischel has the second highest save percentage. Of any goalie in college hockey. Well, I'm just talking about this, like, just this four-game stretch for him has been insane. And it just, when you when you consider the fact that he's a Big Ten goalie, a conference that likes to play fast, play hard, shoot with accuracy, shoot a lot, uh, his numbers really are just impressive. Oh, yeah. No, they're, that's, what I, that's what I meant, though. I think, kind of going back to my original point, at least, uh, Bischel really is, you know, He's fantastic, but 
the Notre Dame goes as Bischel does. And I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a Bischel masterclass in order to, uh, for Notre Dame to win this series. I, I really, I, I agree, but to add some variety, I'm going to go a little bit different than just saying they need Bischel to stand on his head again. I think Notre Dame has to do kind of what they also did against Michigan, like at least what I saw, what they did against Michigan, which is break up a lot of those passes out in front. Uh, because Michigan State also likes to have that, you know, it's one of Daniel Russell's favorite things to do on that top line is either set up a pass across the slot over to Jagger or Dorwart, or he likes to try and be on the receiving end. Unfortunately, for the past, you know, month, month and a half, it really hasn't worked out for him. And I think if Notre Dame can just break up that, it's not going to work out for anyone on Michigan State anytime soon. They really have to dominate out in front of Bischel. Even though Bischel doesn't need help blocking shots per se, it's taking away those opportunities that Michigan State will take advantage of. That That's really what the key for Notre Dame to win is. It's, it's giving... Bischel, that extra layer of protection of not even affording Michigan State the chance to generate offense. I'm in full agreement with you guys. Bischel's got to stand on his head for Notre Dame to have a good series, that's for sure. But for me, I'm going to go for Notre Dame will win if they have success on the power play. Looking back last weekend for them, and we've talked about this a lot, but Notre Dame in both of those wins, shootout win, over Michigan, and then an overtime win over Michigan. Both those games had a power play goal. You take a look at how many shots Notre Dame had in those two games. The first game, 29 shots, three goals, two of them came on the power play. The second game, two goals, one of them in overtime, the only one in regulation, a power play goal. They won that series solely based on them succeeding in the power play. If they don't get those power play goals, they're not getting them in five on five against Michigan that series, and they're losing 100%. So if you're Notre Dame, if you get on the power play, which Michigan State does get penalized a decent amount, you got to have some success. And if you do, that'll lead to some wins. If you don't get power play success, it is going to be a rough time, but it's going to be a low-scoring series. And like, I, like I've said, all these games are usually extremely close. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take Notre Dame getting some help on the man advantage to will them to some victories. But holy crap, I'm so ready for this matchup, guys. This is, oh, yeah. is going to be a fun weekend. This is... It's gonna be interesting for sure, for oh, sure, for sure. So that's that's the uh, that's the preview. We'll see if Michigan State or Notre Dame has another weekend of their season. Notre Dame, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. Will Notre Dame make the tournament if they zero two against Michigan State? They're sitting at fourteenth in the pairwise, so the last last spot in. If Notre Dame o twos against Michigan State, do they get in? I don't think so. No. If Mid- they also one if of- Notre Dame one twos against Michigan State and still you know loses that series, do you think they get in? Because that's one win against number nineteen, but that's two losing. A win, losses. a win against a team that's ranked below you doesn't really do that much, um, for pairwise at least. But losing to teams below you does. The- and that would be two of them. So do you think that they would be out? Saying if Alaska stays in. Keeping one of those spots. I mean, Alaska's not going to do much unless they somehow drop one of their last two games. They play Lindenwood next week. Yeah, no, they're they're going to stay in. They're they're most likely a lock. Yeah. Um, It also depends because Alaska doesn't play in a conference tournament, so you never know. But 
Um, now, I think there's some teams also kind of on that bubble as well, um, where I think it depends because there's some there's a lot of potential for upsets, especially with some of those teams around the bubble. Um, like I think the 15 seed is Minnesota State, if I'm correct, um, and the CCHA is pretty wide open. Um, like what you got? I I think yeah. I mean you got like Michigan Tech. You've got Phillips. Uh, Phillips chosen school of Bemidji. Um, you've got Bowling Green could be even be like a dark horse to make the run in that tournament. Um, but you got some teams like that out there. Hockey East as well. There's a lot of teams around that range. Like Northeastern's, uh, he, they're one of the first teams out, but there's a, a few teams like that over in Hockey East and whatnot as well. That conference is a, insane. It's a bloodbath. So, no, I mean, honestly, as far as the tournament's concerned, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty wide open. I think, though, they might... No, no, Michigan State needs to win this series at least, but if they lose in the next round after that, then I think it kind of comes down to how everyone else around them does. Yeah. I'd say the t- the path for MSU in is 2-0 or 2-1 against Notre Dame. I That really doesn't control MSU's destiny. They don't control their own destiny to get in. If MSU beats Notre Dame, and then follows up with a best-of-one win over whoever, uh, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, could be Penn State, or could be Ohio State, could be Wisconsin, I guess, could be Penn, whatever. Whatever the heck it is, I, I scramble my mind. But it's it's going to take that quarterfinal win, in my opinion. I don't think just winning against Notre Dame, even if it's a 2-0, and then following up with a loss in the quarterfinals, I don't think that puts them in. Because they, think about it, MSU's 19th right now. They got to jump up. We'll just say five spots. Those spots can change, but we'll just say they got to jump five spots in pairwise, and that's not easy to do, even if you do have a tournament like a Big Ten tournament on your side. You got to win. That's that's just the case. Exactly. Do you think they get in if Michigan State 2 0s Notre Dame comfortably, like say say 3 0, 4 1, so results don't and matter. then loses? Cor- oh, really? Results don't, like how bad you beat a team doesn't matter as long as you win. Okay. Um, I thought they accounted for that some in one of their statistics, but not in pairwise. Um, yeah, pairwise doesn't really matter like that. Um, but I mean, no, honestly, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of just depends. Uh, what was I saying? I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, regardless, though. Uh, with pairwise, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's all kind of. I th- I think really, there's a lot of you know movement that goes on around it, but as a whole, um, I don't know. It's it's just very complicated. I think they need a lot of chips to fall kind of into place for everything to to make sense. Yeah, it's still. We thought there was going to be a lot of movement done once the the Big Ten regular season ended, and that movement's gone, done and dusted, but. There's still a lot of still a lot of NCAA tournament uh, it's, it's parables that could happen. It's it's interesting. It's gonna be a even though statistically off of uh, one website, 17% chance MSU makes it, but they have they have that chance right in front of them, and it's succeeding in the Big Ten tournament. Yep, and going on a deep run. If Michigan State wins the Big Ten tournament, they're 100. Well, percent They like well, have yeah. to make it. They, yeah, they get the yeah. auto bid. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a given right there. It's a big ask. Uh, so moving on from that, 
kind of I wanted to do this, and we'll we'll get into some more team awards probably next week or weekends prior. But since it's fresh in our minds, and we've gone to a lot of games, we've covered a lot of games. I want to ask you guys, what has been your favorite moment out of this whole entire season? And yeah, just just want to see. I'm going to go with a semi-left field pick because I know one of you are going to take one of the ones I'm thinking of. Um, so I am going to go with uh, the shootout win against Penn State. Oh, okay. Oh, is that the one where... The, so like, we're talking specifically the... Uh, I know talk, where you're going. We're talking specifically it's the shootout against Penn State. Um, I think that was my personal favorite like moment. Aside from the one that I know one of you guys is going to say. Oh, I thought you were going to go all like even further and say the moment when Liam Soulier broke his stick. Oh, well, that's a, like that's a little more specific. I was thinking just that shootout as a whole, but yeah, that was part of it. That was kind of funny. I, I don't know that was funny because he tried to break it the first time, failed, and then did it again and broke it on the second try. I feel like that would have been my favorite moment if I had actually seen it in the moment. I was trying to. I actually was getting a video of. Um, who was it? Tanner Kelly that won that shootout. Uh, so the order in this, because I wrote this article, I still have this article about it, but it was I think it was Kelly, then Door, then Russell. Okay, um, I just remember taking a video. I knew Tanner Kelly was in it because the used that same tried and true shootout move yeah. that never fails. Um, but I took the video of app when Russ won it and then skated back towards center, and the whole team kind of clears the bench and goes and. They're all celebrating. I was taking a video of that. I completely missed the broken stick. So, yeah, I mean, I, Ryan, you're, you're, you want to go first or Phillips for yours? I'll go, I'll go first. Yeah. Because one of you guys is going to get hopefully, is going to I'm Because I'll, I'll, I, I, no, 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 you go first. You one go, of you, one of you is going either, to, I'll okay. switch mine if you don't one do One of this. you guys is going to go for the obvious answer. Okay. But. I'm going to say right now I am not going for the duel. If that's oh, what you got. My, I wasn't thinking no, the duel. Obvious. Oh, no. Oh, well, that was a super fun game. It was a great game, but I, I'm I'm not, I was thinking at least was wins. I was thinking wins. Then I might have gone with the obvious. No, I, that's good because it, it needs to be said. Okay. It's one, uh, of, one of these has to get mentioned. I was going to say, and trust me, it was it was actually a pretty close decision. Um, I have to go with that. Not necessarily the, the win over Michigan, but just the game in general and the atmosphere. The one at Munn? Yeah, yeah. The, the one game at Munn where they won First it. First matchup of the season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of explain it, it really didn't mean a whole lot. Well, strike that. It meant a whole lot to Michigan State oh, and the it, campus that they it meant won. A lot to me. But as someone that has watched Michigan State hockey for a few years, obviously coming to to campus in 2019, and seeing the difference in atmosphere of that building mm-hmm. into just the absolute loudest I've ever seen it bunch of it, it was really unexpected and amazing to say the least it's really hard for me to put into words the feeling of walking into that building thinking you know i'm working this game this up to that point was probably the biggest game michigan state had played in years mm-hmm. yes and was just it did not disappoint the, the one thing i was disappointed on was that there was no wave because there was a wave. <laughs> you and the wave. Yes, because there was <laughs> the a wave. The wave happens if somebody's drunk enough and goes like, okay, guys, everybody, let's go. Three, but two, one, boom. That's the, why, That's how the wave starts. The, the yeah. first game at Minnesota had a wave, and no one did Minnesota. the wave at mine for the Michigan game. I was kind of, I was 
that's the one disappointment I had with that game. You should have um, went into the stands and went, okay, guys, let's go. So I hope I hope I didn't take your favorite moment, Ryan, because uh, I did have a backup in mind, but I... I feel like that, that was the was. obvious answer, though. No, that that was the obvious answer, and I was split between two. And you got to remember, I had a hundred degree flu, and I missed that two to one win over Michigan yeah. at Mon Ice Arena. Oh yeah, that I I, I was oh, on the call with Zach Sardenic. Mm, I wish yeah, I was there. That. Still, yeah, still, I was sitting down, and uh, I was on. Uh, they I got exiled to. Uh, they um, they put the, the concourse, concourse level. Yeah. Bum <laughs> I was writing, <laughs> but yeah, that that two to one win. Even though I was watching it. At my computer, semi dying. I was actually like kind of live tweeting and taking in the whole game, and I was, oh, I was so jealous that I wasn't there. But watching that MSU win was absolutely amazing, and I love that moment. Yeah. That doesn't take the cake well, for me because well, I was not I want, there. Though. I want to say something first though, because I was we we're talking about the atmosphere for a minute though. I'm talking just for that Michigan game, but really for like from that point on, even the yes. rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I think I'm talking about just the overall, like, since you got to campus, the overall, like, difference in the atmosphere and stuff. I mean, even then, like, for Ryan and I, too, because we've been, we, this is our third season with the team. We've had our first season, there was no one in the stands at all because he would literally weren't allowed to. Yeah, there were, what, 20 people, spectators slash workers in the building at that time? Maybe, like, another 40 in, if you're counting the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what a wackier. It was. It feels like a fever dream. Faced off against... Arizona State to start the season. That the was year, whack. yeah, Arizona State was in the Big Ten for that season. It yeah. was weird, whack. Anyways, it was a fever <laughs> dream. Uh, but then the season after that, there was also very few people in the stands. So that was because the team was bad, and no one like why would you want to come watch that? Um, but yeah, and now come go from those two years to this, and that atmosphere and all of that has been just nuts. That first Michigan home-and-home series where MSU finally broke, I think it was a 10-game losing streak against Michigan at the time? No, I think it was it was like 6, but it was like 10 of the oh, last it was Oh, la- it was 6, and it was 11 of the last 12 MSU yeah. dropped. That's what it... That, so it was bad. Yeah, it was it was bad. So, but going into that, that even though I wasn't there, I just saw the videos and heard the buzz around the arena from everybody. That weekend, to me, was like, oh, yeah, MSU hockey, like, it's back. Like... MSU was doing bad, was doing good enough before that series, but that was the series where Mon was sold out, packed, buzzing. It just seemed like MSU hockey is back. Well, yeah, it was also fun too because it was like even just doing my pre like prep work and stuff for that game, writing the preview and whatever else. Because um, there was a lot of like even looking at interviews with the Michigan players and things like that. Like there was still you know a decent amount from what I had never seen. Uh, was like actual respect uh, for the program for MSU um, from Michigan because they're saying like we basically like we know these guys are actually playing very well and like this is a legit team. Uh, they didn't mention the in contrast to the teams they had played in the past, whatever. Um, but still, like you know that was like the first time ever like I had seen that and that was kind of one of those things where I was like, oh, is MSU actually back now? But yeah, you get what I'm saying though. So that two to one win, Michigan State over Michigan, well, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. If I was there, one hundred percent, that's what I'm going with. But sadly, wasn't there. So I'm going with the next best game, in my opinion, the come from behind, down two to zero in the third period, tied it up at two, going into overtime. Cole Krieger OT winner against Penn State in front of a packed crowd. 
That's when I correct me if I'm wrong. Penn State was one in the Big Ten. Michigan State was second in the Big Ten. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that, it was. Yeah, because that, that was like cool. that was his own thing. Yeah, because that that game was broadcast was on that? Big Ten Network too. Yeah, right. Like that was on that was on national TV. I think so. Yeah, that. I, I remember that. Um, I was at my other my honorable mention. I well, my two honorable mentions for uh, favorite loss uh, was going to be the uh, the only loss I would even consider putting in this list was the first Michigan game or well third Michigan game total I guess, but um, the first one recently at Mun before duel in the, the game. duel at the Mun <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know the brawl at the Mun. I don't know. I don't know. I was Fighting M word. I was at bad the as Mun. I was bad as the malice at the Mun. Malice there we at go. the Mun. Yeah, we'll, oh, take, we'll take the malice at the palace and change that to no, the Mun. The malice at Mun. No, but like that game still. Oh my god. I miss you lost, but that game was fun. Like was it? A, yeah, four two loss regulation, but twenty eight penalties called, one hundred five penalty minutes overall. Yeah, and Nashine House Adam Pantelli ejected for fighting. It was, it, it, you know. The result wasn't the greatest, but it was fun. I had a good time. If I had to pick a favorite loss, which I don't want to say favorite in there, but if I had to pick a loss that was the most in- entertaining and interesting, doing the D overtime loss because that true that game. I've said this on the pod before. I was standing there, and Phillips can account to this. My jaw was hanging for five straight minutes. That was pr- I just I I could not pick it back up off the ground. That has to be the best time msu's gotten swept even anyways right like the best i've seen msu play is yeah. getting swept yeah because they never really they never really seemed out of it there were well there were one goal games yeah there, there were so fantastic empty chances empty doesn't count yeah yeah i was gonna say the duel is definitely an honorable mention but uh i'm very surprised no one y- y'all been sleeping on my what my backup pick is so oh we want to get my my other honorable mention which well, is probably, whoa, 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 no no real quick not his honorable mention y'all sleeping on I got a fifth uh, honorable mention. the Michigan State sweep of Ohio State that's what I was gonna say yeah because yeah, that was good because we were talking about, kind of about those like vindication moments where it's like oh this like the moment where he says oh is MSU back yeah that that moment right there they swept tenth ranked Ohio State at the time. And you're thinking they just swept a top ten team. I don't know where they put they were they were not put in the top ten after that. I think it no, was maybe I think that's where they got ranked. Yeah, that was they 13. got ranked after that. Yeah, because there was no way they couldn't be. There was no way they couldn't be ranked after that. The question was where, and it was just mind blowing to see because it was still fairly early in the season too. Yeah, I had no idea the capability November. of the team. Yeah, and it's one of those reminders of the the ceiling for this team is so high like there there are still pretty low moments uh ohio ohio state really kind of bookends the abilities of michigan state in terms of they can sweep top 10 teams and they can you know just not be in the running against top 10 teams true but it was just that that moment was michigan state hockey might be back there's a chance to be in the top 10 and, and that kind of kicked off the rest of the season of, you know, now the Big Ten tournament, or not the Big Ten tournament, but Big Ten standings are pretty wide open. No one was touching number one. Everything else was up for grabs from that moment on. And that Ohio State sweep, that was Michigan State's fifth win in a row at that point. They swept, or they got one win against Notre Dame in the shootout. They swept Wisconsin, and then that Ohio State sweep was like, oh, wow, five in a row after losing 5-0 at Notre Dame? That was the first match of the Big Ten for him. It was like, whoa, 
Like, okay, didn't see them winning five in a row after getting housed 5-0 at Compton Family Ice Arena, but okay. Probably the the best single month of Michigan State hockey was just November. Uh, November going. Yeah. Well, just a little, little recap on that. Yeah, 7-1. Yeah, and that one loss was like they kind of shot themselves in the foot too because it was like a last-minute penalty. And I think Penn State, Penn State got State, like a 6-on-4 yeah. goal. Yeah, that, um, that one loss in there, it was a stinker. They had control of the game and they lost it last second to Penn State. But that was the only loss of that November. Mm-hmm. I also I did a lot of stat digging that month because I was like, wow, this is an insane month and for then, Michigan well, also, State. They, they were scoring goals out of nowhere. Five goals, five goals, four, four, three was the one loss. Seven, so, five, four. I did the math on that specifically. The second highest team that or second highest team in goals per game in the month of November was Niagara at four point six five. Michigan State was number one that month with 4.85 goals per game. What happened? Shout out Niagara, too. Like, yeah, Niagara fell down. Oh, but we'll, we'll get that to month, Niagara. We'll November, if I had to pick a favorite month at MSU Hockey of all time, it's November 2022 because that month was freaking crazy. Oh, yeah. Freaking crazy. Do we wanna... What was your honorable mention? Oh, no, I was gonna, that was going to be it was the Ohio State okay. State. Okay, bet, bet, bet. So, uh, yeah, we wanna, we wanna, moving on from that, we, we do the pickups. Stitzy, recap what happened. Okay. Cue Wheel of Fortune music. <laughs> that Ryan's not going to put in. Um, okay, so, yeah, uh, recapping last week. Um, another not great week for the boys. Um, all we had. So, uh, Notre Dame ended up sweeping Michigan. Not something we all saw. Uh, so, no, no. points. <laughs> We, I think we all predicted the opposite. Yes. Uh, yeah. so no one got points, though. Um, another one none of us got. Penn State split with Wisconsin. So Wisconsin got their first conference road win of the year. Which, um, thanks to Wisconsin and that one road win, MSU had the path to you know host and get fourth. And, and then, then Michigan, Michigan and Notre Dame win its overtime. So that ruined that plan. Thanks, Michigan. Thanks, Notre Dame. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, and then the last one, the only one anyone got any points for, uh, Minnesota swept Ohio State, and Ryan forgot that right. Minnesota's so a wagon. I mean, yeah, but like we knew that. Um, but yeah, Ryan got two points for that. Whoa! And then uh, for the parlays, uh, none of ours hit. Um, again, surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, even Ryan, his one team parlay of Northeastern over UMass didn't hit. I literally of, was of like, the I'm going for the one team just to get the one point and come out of, of the week with of one all, extra. Nope. Of all the one team parlays you could have picked, you missed the one that actually hit. Yeah, the one that actually hit was one Phillips and I both had, which was Alaska over ASU. Did not think that was going to um, happen, honestly. So even yeah. though I am a big Alaska fan. Was it? Yeah, Ryan had Northeastern over UMass. I had Northeastern over UMass and Alaska over ASU. Phillips had Alaska over ASU, uh, Bemidji over St. Thomas, which didn't hit. And then he also made the mistake of betting on the Atlantic and picked Niagara over Mercyhurst. Cardinal sin. Oh. Uh, so that brings totals for the week, though, to Ryan for two points. Uh, and then Phillips and I have zero. So overall totals for the week, uh, Ryan and Phillips are now tied for first place at 49. Whoa. Again. What's and up? And I... Am still right there behind them with forty six points for I think like the third week in a row. I don't think yeah. I've gotten points in like three weeks. That's, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm legitimately, or I legitimately don't think I've gotten points in like 
I know for two out of the three weeks you haven't, but I can't remember the it third matter. week. It's same thing. I'd say, yeah, you haven't gotten points in three weeks. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm just coasting off of oh the uh, and shameless self-plug of the callback to the eight-point parlay and everything that hit. Ooh. Yep, I'm still I'm I'm still coasting off that win. So yeah, you got that eight point. It was eight, eight point, point week. It was an eight point. I was like an eight point. I'm still tired. No, of you. it wasn't eight point, point week. And I'm was, still tired of you. It was five mm. points for Big Ten, and then I think it was a three team parlay that hit. I want to see got someone, every pick right. I want to yeah. see someone hit a uh, eight point parlay. That's a concept. That would be insane. Um, I was even touched an eight team parlay. I think six. I, well, I think six I did like five a, the high. I, I think, think I did a six. I think you I did a six. Yeah, I remember I, a five. I don't think it's possible for eight team eight teams no. to sweep in college hockey. In a <laughs> no, weekend. that's that's not possible. It probably has happened, but after doing these picks this whole entire year, yeah, no, <laughs> no, nah, not happening. Uh, you got some uh, some interesting uh, some rules, some notes to update oh, us too, Stinson. Yeah, so we're doing kind of a combo of things for this week. Uh, instead of just normal pickums and locks of the week, um, we got. I will kind of explain them as we go. So I think first we'll just start yeah. off with the Big Ten. Um, the rules for this one, because uh, we're going to keep doing regular Big Ten, you're getting one point for the winner and then an extra point if you can get the correct number of games that first round series goes in. Um, so, for example, my first pick... Uh, which is Michigan uh, and Wisconsin. I have Michigan in two. So if Michigan does win in two games in the best of three series, uh, I get two points for that. So yeah, that's how that goes. So yeah, that's a good that's a good segue. What do you guys got for that same game? Give me Michigan, but to stay different from you guys and to kind of spoil your pick, sorry, Phillips, give me them in three. I think, I don't think, I honestly don't think Wisconsin's going to push them to three, but you know what? Why not? Why not go for it? Why not go for some variation? Give me Michigan and three. if you say so. You know what? It's it's your point. So uh, the lack thereof. Yeah, as Ryan mentioned, I also have Michigan and two. Wisconsin only one Big Ten road win on the season. It's Penn State, and and it did happen last week. So if history repeats itself, it's going to happen. Boom! This week, let's Penn, go. Penn State and Michigan. Let's go, are, Wisconsin. There are two very different teams. So what? No. No. Two different schools, two different teams. What? No. I don't what? know. I'm no. just the the fact that Ryan is betting on Wisconsin to win a game at Yost. I think is funny. Yeah. No. It is funny. It, uh, it is. Credit, trust me. Credit where credit is due. Uh, Notre Dame did it, but Notre Dame's also Notre ranked. Notre Dame is also not Wisconsin. Yeah. Notre Dame is also ranked. Notre Dame's not the only Big Ten team that's not. You you guys will see. You'll see. Man, no, nah, I don't really think it's gonna happen. Uh, next. Pick them on the slate, though. This was an interesting one. It's number eight in the pairwise, Penn State traveling to number nine in the pairwise, Ohio State. But for the Big Ten tournament standards, it's number three seeded Ohio State hosting number six seed in the Big Ten, Penn State. Both teams split on the the regular season series. So this one's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to have my eyes on this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Stency, who you got? I got Ohio State in three. Um, I do like Ohio State. Uh, and I, you know how I've, I've pushed the, uh, Penn state fraudulent narrative in recent weeks and, uh, for hasn't worked out for you. Um, are you sure? In the pickums it hasn't, maybe not, maybe not specifically in the pickums, but, um, let's see. So Penn state has won, uh, since the start of the new year, a combined three games. You didn't do your Penn state fraudulent picking last week. You went Penn state sweep over Wisconsin. Where was it then? Okay. I can, I can say a team is fraudulent and still say they're better than Wisconsin. Different things, different things here. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just but so teasing. in the uh, in the new year here, 
Penn State is a com- has a combined three wins in the what is this twelve games they played. Yeah, it, basically, uh, and things not looking good in Happy Valley. Um, yeah, so uh, Ohio State's better. That's all, pretty much. Uh, Ohio State sweeps or Ohio State wins in three. Uh, they split both times in the regular season, um, but you know, at the end of the day, Ohio State better. Hello. I'm gonna call Ohio State to win it. Uh, I don't think that's terribly difficult. I think Penn State has a lot more obvious flaws than Ohio State. But I'm also going to say Ohio State in two. Because Penn State, I just think everyone's kind of figured out Penn State's game plan at this point. If if Wisconsin can figure out Penn State's game plan and beat them at Pagula, I don't think it's going to be a struggle for Ohio State to beat them in two in Columbus. This may come back to bite me in the butt. But I'm saying Ohio State in two. Honestly, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. I yeah, was considering it, going for two. Yeah, it, it, it's completely doable. It's just Dobesh has to not have a bad game, which he he could he very well could have, but he also could have two very great games. So, for me, I'm going. I'm going a little bit whack. I want to be. I want to be different. I've tried to be different the past couple weeks, but still hasn't really worked out. Obviously, forty nine, forty nine between Phillips and I, and then. 46 between Stinson, so really haven't gone away from you guys. But I'm going to continue being different, and this either will be my success or my demise, and we'll see. I'm locking it in. I'm going with the Nittany Lions in three over Ohio State at Ohio State. I think if Sulier plays, I don't think he has to stand on his head, but he's got to play a very impressive series. I think think the series could rest on goaltending because Dobesh, has been up and down. He's been good, but he's also had a lot of stinkers and then same with Soulier. So I think the series rests heavily on goaltending, but give me give me the opposite of you guys. Give me Penn State. Give me them in three. They're going to go back-to-back years in the Big Ten tournament, upsetting Ohio State, and they're going to give me some points. So thank you, Nittany Lions. Uh, roar on. Go, go Lions. Roar. I don't know. What we are. are. And for that, we are. that... That's the stupidest. We are. We are what? I don't know. Penn State. I don't, if people know, do you know? If you don't, I, I you feel, don't. I feel like people... We are... Well, the, the end of that chant is Penn State. Well, yeah. We I, are Penn State. I, I feel like people equally, like, from the outside would also see the Spartans will and be like, Spartans will what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so just just a uh, little devil's advocate there. That's a good transition to the next series. Yeah, and speaking, of, speaking of the next series, it's... The fifth seed in the Big Ten taking on the fourth seed in the Big Ten. It's Michigan State traveling to Notre Dame to take on the Fighting Irish. Gentlemen, who do you guys have? I got MSU in three. Um, these are pretty evenly matched teams on paper, but from watching these teams go head to head, I do think MSU is better. Um, the only time MSU has lost to Notre Dame was their very first Big Ten game of the regular of the season. Um, I think by now, um, the team as a whole too seems fairly confident in the way that this team plays, um, and like kind of the way they run their systems. That they kind of almost have Notre Dame figured out in a sense. Um, and I think while Notre Dame is good, and I think you know Bishop might steal a game for them, um, also because it's on the road. Um, I think they're going to get a game, but I don't. But I do think MSU is going to win. So, MSU in three. 
it loves. I think one thing we haven't really touched on for Notre Dame is the fact that Ryder Ralston, to our knowledge, is still out. Yeah, yeah he's and, out for the season. Yeah, so he was a huge part of their offense, and without him, I mean, it's 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 Ryan Bischel and Nick Lieberman. They they have other players that shine through every now and again, but their defense is really their cornerstone. I don't think it's enough to beat Michigan State. I think it's enough, like you said, since to get a game. I don't see them getting two games. So I'm also going to take Michigan State in three games. People on Notre Dame's roster have to step up huge for the series for the Irish. Bischel, like we've said at length, he's got to stand on his head. Bavaro, who stepped up last week for Notre Dame, he got two goals and two primary assists against Michigan, basically pushed them to fourth in the Big Ten and that series win overall. He's He's got to step up again. Chase Primo... The, uh, the leading scorer for Notre Dame now after Rolston got injured and you know hasn't been able to build up points. He's got to step up. Notre Dame has to step up as a team in this series to beat Michigan State. And for Michigan State, I think they just got to play their series, their hockey. They don't have any big injuries, obviously. They're not missing any key parts. They're healthy, and they're ready to rumble. And for Dylan St. Cyr, he does not want to go out in his last year of eligibility against his former, not former, his against his alma mater in Notre Dame. He wants to show that he owns these guys now. It doesn't matter. Whatever whatever friendly friendliness they had, it's gone. He's friends with them no more. He's kicking them out, ending their season, and kicking them out of the NCAA tournament. Dylan St. Cyr is going to will Michigan State onto the quarterfinal round of the Big Ten tournament and give the Spartans a chance at the NCAA tournament, something that they haven't had since 2012 and 2013. So give me Michigan State in three. It's going to happen, and they move on. The season doesn't end this weekend, boys. Oh, boy. I oh, may... Go off, King. Go off. Yeah. So, talk, yeah. yo, talk. Michigan State three. There we go. All right. So what do we got for locks of the week? Anything different for locks of the week? Um, No, normal rules still apply here uh, just because there are two conferences, I think, and the independents uh, that still have the regular seasons this week that wrap those up. Mm, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, those still exist. Um, so we're just going to... Normal rules apply for those. Um, and then we'll deal with the other teams that, you know, who are beginning their tournaments this week. Uh here afterwards so um, moving on to locks of the week stency yeah. what you got my guy what you got cooking up there in the studio i got a three teamer again i feel like these are all relatively safe but i say that every week so yeah um, college hockey yeah exactly nothing safe i've got western michigan sweeping on the road at miami um i have denver sweeping a home and home series with colorado college and i have the alaska nanooks uh, at home, sweeping Lindenwood. Interesting. That's okay. my three teamer. The Nanooks have been the hottest lock of the week team for a month at this point. Probably. They, yet you still didn't pick them last week. No, no, no. I did not. But you guys did. Still the hottest, hottest team. It didn't I mean, matter. either yeah, it didn't matter either way. I still, still lost. Blame Northeastern. I would have been one point up on you. So you. You better, you better shut your mouth there. You're lucky you're tied with me again. Almost had you. I was going to say, yeah, well, you're not. Uh, I'll just go through my my picks. Uh, Alaska, clear. Um, I mean, it, not only are they facing Lindenwood, but Alaska is good. They are legitimately good. Uh, and I've got, uh, I've got a different three-teamer. Uh, so for my 
two remaining teams. I actually have BU over Providence. I mean, BU... That's a risky one. Yeah, but I see it working in my... I, I see these working in my favor. Both these are pretty risky. Yeah. I would I would say this next one is riskier. Uh, Omaha over North uh, North Dakota because... That's pretty risky. Yeah, anything involving <laughs> Nodak Omaha's is... Omaha's hot right now, though. Yeah, they are, and that's why I'm picking them. But the problem is North Dakota is just so chaotic. They, they've ruined my parlays before. I've regretted picking them. I've regretted not picking them. I've regretted picking against them. So it's it's really hard to tell with North, North Dakota, but uh, Omaha's hot. So I'll, I'm going to stick with BU, Omaha, and Alaska. Hmm. Do I? Nope. I'm sticking with what I got now. Number one pick that's going to hit. Alaska taking on Lindenwood, hosting Lindenwood. The Nanooks are winning that 100%. Watch that actually be the one that spoils all our pickums because or all our locks because we all have that. I'm going with a two-piecer, though. Give me... <clears throat> do I want to do this? Yes, I do. Denver's not a team that I like putting in my locks of the week at all. I don't think I've ever put them in once since the beginning of the season, and that burnt me. Ever since then, I've seen you guys crumble picking Denver. I don't like this, but I'm going for it. I'm picking Denver over Colorado College. The reason why I don't like it is because it's a rivalry and it's a home and home. But I want to put a two two uh I want to put at least a two part parlay out, not another one week because or not another one parlay because that that was, you know, a little stinky whatevs. So yeah, give me give me Denver over Colorado College and give me Alaska over Lindenwood and hopefully results in two points. I'm done saying it will result in two points because that hasn't happened in ages. So uh yeah, that's the uh Locks of the week there. We'll see if any of the parlays do hit. But now, conference tournament pick them. Stincy, give us a little little rundown what's going on here. Okay, yeah, this is what I was talking about for um, the our special thing for since tournaments start this week for the conferences. There are six major conferences in college hockey, um, which is the ones we're picking all the whole time uh, for these locks of the week. Uh, so for each turn for each team, uh, we're gonna. Uh, give our winners now for those conference tournaments. Um, and so for each one we get right, uh, we get five points. They don't have to be like parlayed together or anything like that. Um, but it's just for each one, straight bet, five points for getting the the winner of the entire tournament correct. So, yeah. That's just sim- simple as that. Well, mm-hmm. these will be good for the uh, the tournament later, or the, the, the standings later. These picks literally could. make or break. No, that that not they could. These picks will literally make or break the whole entire pick'em for this year. Like th- these picks matter so much. And I wish I I wish I would have put like five hours of research into any of them, but I kind of picked them last second. I'm cool with that. I'm like, ooh, let's see if it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, chaos. But this is going to be interesting. You you mentioned five points per correct pick. There are six main. Uh, hockey conferences that we're picking from and we'll start off with the first one our most hated <laughs> the Atlantic Hockey Conference uh, actually just just uh, for viewers who may not know the world of college hockey better I'll, I'll run down all the teams real quick and then we'll say our picks so right now in the Atlantic Hockey it's uh, in the conference it's RIT, uh, American International, Sacred Heart Canisius, Army, Niagara Holy Cross Mercyhurst, Bentley, and Air Force. Bentley and Air Force are not part of the tournament because they got cut out. It's only the top eight teams in the Atlantic. So 
The first eight I listed are up for grabs. Stincy, who are you choosing? I got RIT. Um, they're the only team in the here that's like actually any good at all, even though they're still not even that good. But um, the Atlantic is just like an absolute, just I don't even know how to describe it um, in a word that I can use. The Big podcast. Ten is possibly one of the hardest and most dogfight conferences. And then there's the Atlantic, which is not as high talented, but they still got the dogfight every single week in that conference, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, RIT, though, they're 18, 7, and 1 overall in the conference. They're just the best team in that conference. Simple as that. So give me the, give me the Tigers. Phillips, who you got? A lot of these I can't explain. I'm just going off of feelings. School, and that's, I like that. Vibes only. Yeah. yeah I mean, because I'm vibing with that too. Really? Actually, that's ooh, the, ooh. the best thing that's worked out for me in these picks so far. When I put too much work into it, it just doesn't work out my way. Because I always statistically talk myself into picking teams that just don't work. Um, all of this is to say I made a bad pick for Atlantic, but I'm sticking with it because I have a feeling. Respect. I'm taking Niagara. They've they've got something in them at times that surprises me. I've been burned picking Niagara before, but and you'll be burned it, again. It's Atlantic, you know. If there's any conference to really take a, a crapshoot on, it's the Atlantic. True, mm-hmm. might be a good pick. We'll see if it if it pans Part out. Part of me was also considering going for AIC, but yeah, that what, what, it's going to end up being AIC for all. Watch it be AIC. Yeah. And speaking of that pick, AIC is not my conference winner for the Atlantic. I'm kind of bandwagging off what Stincy said, so copy-paste what he said here. Boom. I'm not actually going to do that. But um, give me the Tigers. Give me RIT. They've looked like the best team in the Atlantic pretty much after November and on. So I'll go for the best odds I got to get five points. And right now, that sits on the RIT Tigers. So Tigers, go win that Atlantic and go... Go uh, dancing in the NCAA hockey tournament. There you go. So moving on, next up on the slate, it's the Big Ten. I'm not going to go ahead and run through every Big Ten team because that's the whole podcast. Yeah, that we've done. We've said that a hundred times already. So for the Big Ten, I, I see all the picks in front of me. This one's going to be very interesting. Stincy, who you got? Uh, it's he's being ironic about that. <laughs> yes, uh, we all have the same team. I got Minnesota. It's, I mean, the Gophers are just on it different tier from I think literally every other team in college hockey um but at least as far as the Big Ten is concerned I don't think any of the teams there really can match up with them like that um even Michigan they have the talent but so does Minnesota and Minnesota's a better coach team simple as that I know we kind of spoiled it but Phillips we got Minnesota yep I I honestly think if they don't win the entire NCAA tournament then this season is a wash that's the, the whole ex- the whole term. That's the, the ex- I think at least the Frozen Four. My, yeah, my, that's where I meant. My expectation for Minnesota is for them to make it all the way to the finals and to win, because like you said, they're playing on a different level than pretty much any other team in college hockey. If they don't get that far, for me, it's sort of a wasted season. The thing with Minnesota, they're just so stacked, top to bottom. Exactly, yeah. and like, and that's the. I mean, we've talked bad about close even at, at times, not even close, but like just saying like, oh, maybe he's not like as overrated or whatever as like or maybe he's a little overrated just given how good the team in front of him is yeah we because we're talking about national save percentage and stuff um close as the fourth best one in the country he's in a nine two eight. 
which is, yeah, that's behind Devin Levi from Northeastern, uh, Ryan Bischel, and then Blake Pietola from MTech. I put a little bit of that save percentage on how good Minnesota's yes. defense is too. But you know, not getting letting but offenses getting the job get into done. high percentage areas. But, but yeah, getting the job done. Close to getting the, it done. That entire team gets the job done. And honestly, I mean, it's, it's yeah. If, if they can just make it out of this Big Ten tournament, which they should do, uh, they've got a clear path. Like they've got a clear chance to win the entire NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm. I think they need to be held to a higher standard, I th- and I think Montego is going to hold them to that standard. I mean, he gets he gets upset when they don't score in a period. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 doesn't get upset just at losing. He gets upset when they're not scoring outscoring their opponent by two. So yeah, I mean, I personally think Motsko is. I think he's the be- currently still the best coach in the Big Ten. Um, so you have the best coach. I think you have the best coach in the Big Ten, the best overall defense in the Big Ten. Best, you've got best offense. You've got the best. You've got the two best. Well, two of the three best scorers in the in the Big Ten. Two of the top five in the country, um, and a ton of depth. You've got everything you could possibly want from a national championship contender on this team. There's like no real discernible weakness in the squad. Yeah, and to round out, give me. To win the Big Ten tournament, I had to get that in. Hopefully, it picked it, up well on the pod. It really didn't, but it really didn't. Uh, oh, I could play it louder. Hold on. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's the Joe Biden Minnesota clip. Minnesota! Yeah, hits Mike. I did that one. There already. we go. I did that joke before. <laughs> no, I, we we've, we've done, we've that, done that joke. I, I just wanted to pull it up again. <laughs> no soundboard needed. That's off of laptop speakers. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, Minnesota all across the board seems like the obvious pick, and we went with it. So we'll see if it happens. Moving on to the next conference on the slate. It is the CCHA. In this conference, there are eight teams. Minnesota State, Michigan Tech, Bowling Green, Northern Michigan, Bemidji State, Ferris State, St. Thomas, and Lake Superior State. That rounds out the conference. So, Stency, who are you picking to win the CCHA tournament? I got Michigan Tech. Um, I mean, they're just, they're a very good team. I mean, they've, since like, really since GLI, they've been like, on one, I think, yeah, they've lost four games as a or three in a shootout loss, um, overall since the GLI. So, like, no, they're they're playing fantastic right now. Their goalie is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, they say defense wins championships. Um, yeah, their goal, what Pietel, I think, has like eight or nine shutouts this year now, uh, just something absurd, like. Honestly, he's going to be kind of the reason that team goes far. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's just been... Oh, sorry. Nine shutouts. Exactly. That's how many... I was looking up because I'm like, I want to know. Nine, nine shutouts, shutouts a 9-3-0 save percentage. Ridiculous. And a one nine five goals against. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So, basically, he's going to be taking the Huskies to a CCHA chip. Uh, so, give me Michigan Tech. Yeah. It, it would really take a madman to pick against Michigan Tech. Which is why he's doing it. Exactly. I am picking the Bemidji Beavers. Uh, roll, roll Beavs. They've they've been good to me. They've been bad to me. Again, I've got a feeling. And also, it's just it's fun to pick Bemidji because they do pull off some really good wins. And uh, has a Bemidji sweet pick ever happened? <laughs> I don't think uh, so. It, no. I'm pretty sure they were part of my eight-point parlay. 
was Bemidji yes, sweeping that, a team. I'm pretty sure that checks that, out. That's why, that's why I'm a huge fan of Bemidji is they have been good to me when it counted. They've also swept one series all season. Uh, actually, no, technically two. One was a shootout win. Yeah, but... Or three. Wait, three. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, but the three, so, okay. So the first one's St. Thomas, whatever. Uh, but the other two, uh, Michigan Tech and Minnesota State. Exactly. They, they've actually... Again, they, for some reason, and, and for and, for context, Minnesota State leads the CCHA conference right now. They won the regular season, or no, they probably still have a week. And they swept. Oh, Minnesota State won the, tur- the conference. Yeah, Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota no, State won the conference. Yeah, that, t- not that tournament Michigan, begins not weekend. Yep. Not to mention those sweeps against Minnesota State and M Tech were away games for Bemidji. So Bemidji's whack. Yeah, I know. Uh, which is why I'm picking them. I'm I'm the madman that's going to pick Bemidji to win the CCHA. Watch. It will happen, and everyone will love this pick. I'm going same thing as Stincy here. M-Tech. Minnesota State, looking decent. I don't trust them, though. Give me M-Tech for pretty much most things Stincy said. I'm not going to repeat them. So two on Tech, one on Bemidji. That's going to be an interesting tournament. Especially none of us picked Minnesota State. Yeah, none of us. That's I think that's the only one. A little bit of spoilers that we have not picked the T- the winner of the regular season in that conference to win the tournament. So that one's going to be interesting. But tournaments, you know, could, anything could happen. So moving on to the next conference tournament that we got to preview, it's ECAC Hockey, the ECAC. Who is winning it? Stency. Actually, wait, before I do that, there's a heck of a lot of teams here. All 12 are in this, right? I th- think so. I don't have to check. I don't really know. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. No, not for the ECAC. No, because the bottom of the ECAC is very, very bad. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's re- uh, surprise. None of us picked Yale or Dartmouth or like the schools or the Brown. It, it's or like Princeton. a con- it's ECAC standings are are like a, a continental shelf sort of drop off, where there's a very clear top and there's a very sharp decline to the bottom. Okay, yeah, sorry. Every team makes it. It's like every uh, the fir- the top four teams get buys, and then okay. um, after that, everyone else just plays in. Bet, bet. So the top four teams in the ECHC right now, ECAC, is Quinnipiac, number one, Harvard, two, Cornell, three, St. Lawrence, four, and then I'll stop numbering them because why not? They go in order. Colgate, Clarkston, Rensselaer, otherwise known as RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnical Institution, if anybody wants to know what that is. Uh, Union, Princeton, Yale, Brown, and rounding out the list is Dartmouth. And uh, to spoil my pick, I picked Dartmouth. No, I'm kidding. I am going with QPAC. We don't get to pick QPAC much because ECAC kind of does like best of one series, but two games a weekend. They're weird. So we yeah. have not been able to pick QPAC more than twice this season. Now that we can, I'm picking QPAC. They've been a wagon all year in that conference, and they're going to win the tournament. Yeah, Quinnipiac's lost two games all season in the conference. Uh, yeah, they're like 18-2 and two or whatever. Something absurd. Um, yeah. And it, without Dylan St. Cyr on their team. Well, I mean, he was a backup for them last year anyways. Uh, they, they were kind of played 1A, 1B. He, he got really? 12 starts. The other guy got like 18. Peretz? I don't know. Peretz as a whole, though, has like, been nuts. And for context, Dylan St. Cyr spent his fifth year of eligibility at QPAC last year. You know, so just, just throw that out there. But St. Cyr's here now. Yep. But QPAC's still a wagon. Yes. QPAC, still very good. Uh, been rolling that conference. Um, the only team that um, I think really even warrants a mention right now is Harvard. Harvard. But Harvard's still very good, but QPAC is just that much better. I wouldn't bet against QPAC for no. this. Yeah, QPAC has owned Harvard in the regular season, so uh, 
shocking, I'm going to pick QPAC. The QPAC sweep for the ECAC hockey end-of-season tournament. Uh, easily predictable, but we'll see if it we'll see what happens. Who knows? You never know. And speaking of, we'll see what happens. This this conference, I I don't want to predict the winner. This one's just I don't know a... how to predict the winner. This I don't. I just put it the team. only one where we all picked someone different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, Stincy, who you got, my guy? Um. So this is mine. Uh, I'm kind of going off vibes here, but they're entering the tournament winning four in a row. Um. At right one point, season. was ranked as high as number six in the USCHO polls. Yeah, I forgot they had a heater of a first half of the season. Yeah, and then they went on kind of a down streak after the new year started. Um, but then they're starting to pick things back up. They won four in a row going into this, uh, including a sweep over Boston University. Um, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, just forget January existed. This team is very good, uh, and that's Merrimack. Uh, the what? The, the Warriors? Yeah, the the Merrimack Warriors. Um been uh very good this year out uh exceeding some expectations um if they're starting to get their mojo back they're doing it at the right time so i think that's going to be what's important here and so i've got merrimack winning and that's kind of that's my uh you know just vibes hail mary pick of this uh draft and sorry i didn't let you guys know all the teams in it right now top to bottom this is going in order of the placement it is bu boston university at one Merrimack, Northeastern, Connecticut, UMass Lowell, Maine, Providence, Boston College, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Vermont. So that is that is the Hockey East Conference. Those are the teams we're picking from. And Stincy picking Merrimack to win. But Phillips, who do you got? I'm kind of surprised no one else has this pick for Hockey East. but I was going to, and then I changed it at the last minute to Merrimack. Yeah, mm. uh, and that pick would be Northeastern. They've been on, uh, you know, they've had a, a really good... Uh, last couple uh, of weeks, probably like a month and a half, um, they've been doing really well. Not to mention they've got the goalie with the highest save percentage in college hockey, Devin Levi. Uh, not to mention I also just have a good feeling about them. So I'm going to pick Northeastern. I'm going for Boston University, going for BU. I'm not confident with this pick at all, nor do I think it's really going to happen. BU has not been good as of late. They've dropped four out of their past six. The only two wins coming against Vermont, which is the bottom of the conference. So this pick does not really make sense. But you know what? College hockey doesn't make sense. And I just want to be different. So BU, good luck. Win the hockey for me and give me five points. The last conference on the slate, the NCHC. Right now, number one, Denver, followed by Omaha, Western Michigan, St. Cloud State, Minnesota Duluth, North Dakota, Colorado College, and Miami. Eight teams in that conference to pick from. Stincy? Who are you taking? Denver. Uh, it's uh, roll nears. Um, they're no Denver's just so good, top to bottom. They've they're they're just so fun to watch. Honestly, I don't really have much else to say. They've been up. That they've been one of the top teams in the country for the uh, the whole season. Um, they've had a couple of hiccups here and there, but this conference as a whole is very good. Um, and I was looking at it, and their series. Last weekend against Western Michigan, I think mm. is what is enough to give me the edge in my mind. Mm. So I am taking the Denver Pioneers. This was probably the hardest conference for me for me to pick because there are some really good teams that I can see pulling off some really good upsets. And there's no Bemidji in it. That too. There, <laughs> there are no Beavers. Uh, but at the end of the day, I've got to go with Denver again. There's just, to me, there's not enough 
in my mind to argue that Denver isn't going to win. Uh, there's a lot of, oh, well, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, but the odds of that happening just, it doesn't stand out to me. I, I think Denver is much more likely, so give me Denver. I see why guys picked Denver. They've been on a roll recently. They've been great. They ended the regular season sweeping Western Michigan, but I'm going for another what-the-heck-why-not pick, and to be a little different, I'm going Western Michigan, the team that Denver just swept. I think the Broncos got it in them. They haven't had the best second half of the season as they wanted, but they're still a good team with a lot of good goal scorers that could take on any team in the NCHC and win. So give me Western Michigan. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up po- this this portion of the, the Pick'em segment. I'm sure we're still going to predict more in next week, but this is a huge, huge week. We, we could be looking at somebody being up 10, somebody being down 15. We could, we could be looking at a crazy scoreline next week. Well, so this tournament see. pick'ems won't hit for a while, but oh yeah, true. That'll be that'll be weeks in advance. Yeah, but, we'll see. I mean, these as a whole, I mean, these do matter, and they are locked in. Next week's pick'ems are gonna uh, just a heads a heads up. Uh, not gonna be much because um, I mean, we're talking we single games for the Big Ten tournament, and then also there is a total of two uh, series going on. <laughs> Uh, Does any of them involve LIU, Stonehill, Lindenwood, or Alaska? But I know they don't play. Uh, not Alaska, but uh, you are two for four on that. Uh, it's LIU at ASU, and then Lindenwood at Alaska Anchorage. Alaska Anchorage. Dang it, that's the team I was looking those for. Are the other those Alaska. are your teams to worry about next week. <laughs> oh, oh, joy. Um, oh, yay. But we'll, don't, Be- matter. Better have this, two team parlays, everyone. It's a very make or break week for the Pickums. We'll just say that this week at least. So those are the Pickums. We'll see what happens in the next coming weeks because obviously some of these will not be done in a week. Most, you know, all the conference tournament Pickums. But we do have some coverage for you guys. Uh, both of the Jacobs, unfortunately, cannot travel to Notre Dame for some coverage. But I, alongside Marin Klein, will be at the first round of the Big Ten Tournament, so we'll be providing coverage for you. Uh, Friday night at 7, we'll live tweet and we'll have a story out. Saturday night at 4.30, there will be some live tweeting and a story. And then Sunday, if needed, because it is a best of three, at 6 o'clock, we will have a broadcast. So we'll see if we do get to Sunday. If so, we will be live on Impact 89 FM's airwaves. But we'll see. That is to, to be determined, but it's going to be a very, very interesting first round of the Big Ten Tournament. For both of these two teams, and I think Michigan State finally breaks that winless Big Ten tournament streak and finally gets finally gets off the side there. I think we, I think it happens. We all picked it. So yep. So thank you guys for listening so much to this episode of Behind the Mask. We'll be back next week to break down the first round of the Big Ten tournament, talk college hockey around the nation, and just shoot the stuff and talk about some other stuff. We'll see. We'll see if there's more. Michigan State hockey to call after this week. Obviously, all of us are hoping for it, but we'll see what happens. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Behind the Mask, Reiner Dosevich, alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. You guys have a great night.